welcome. Good morning and good afternoon, whatever it happens to be as you listen to this. This is Co-op Energy Talk. And you're probably wondering why Tony Anderson, the general manager, is doing the introduction when every other time Rachel Johnson, member relations manager, has done this introduction. Well, due to unforeseen circumstances, Rachel had to leave work early today. And to be respectful of our guest's time, we wanted to make sure we got this podcast in today. You're and doing great. Did, did not have to schedule. So with us today is represent, Representative Jack O'Malley. He represents Michigan's 101st district in Lansing. The 101st includes several counties served by Chairland, including Leelanau, Benzie, and Manistee. Representative O'Malley is in his first term. He was elected in 2018, serves on several committees, perhaps most germane to our listeners, the House Energy Committee. So welcome. Jack is also, as many of you probably know, was host of WTCM for 34 years. So here I am stranded with our most experienced guest when it comes to speaking on the radio. So, Jack, welcome. Thank, Thank you very you. much for coming. I was excited uh, and uh, th- to do this because, uh, you know, I, I, I really do feel that uh, getting the word out and explaining to people and talking to people um, uh, is important. I was just... Uh, Prior to coming here, I was at a couple of coffee hours in Manistee and Mason County. And, you know, people have issues and and they have complaints and uh, they feel strongly about things. And and one of the, because what I did for all those years, I think is important, is to uh, listen to people and also to explain why things are happening or, or why I think something should be happening. So when this opportunity came up and you said, you know, ask what kind of questions, ask away. If I don't know the answer, uh, I'm going to say, I don't know, I'll find out, uh, which I've done on a few occasions. And, and so. that's a perfectly good, yeah. good so answer. I, I, so. I'm ready. All right. Well, let's go. How about the budget? Can you give us an update of what's going on that's been top of mind in the news of late? Sure. Where we're at right now, and of course, when somebody listens to this, this could be different. Uh, but as of now, the uh, budgets are being transmitted to the governor. And what has happened is the clerk office uh, has to go through and make sure that uh, it's all, they're all correct and you know all the T's are crossed and I's dotted. And so each one of those budgets is being transferred to the governor. Um, and she has to sign them or not by Monday at midnight because October 1st is, uh, is the new budget. So we'll see what happens. And uh, we've been instructed to be prepared, if need be, to be back in session on Monday if, if we're called in. So uh, I've jokingly said, well, then I'll do my laundry a day early, so I'm ready to go. Right. Now, we had a balanced budget in May, June, every year under the Snyder administration. This is, so this is the first time in eight years we've not gotten the budget done. What's your thoughts on that process? And will is this something you think we'll see next year as well? Uh, I guess the answer to that, you know, being a first-time legislator, is that in the, the previous administrations or previous years, uh, it was a Republican governor, Republican House, Republican Senate. And so uh, things, you know, moved along and there was a, a different situation. Now... Uh, it's a divided government, and uh, so this was the first uh, budget uh, of her administration. It was because Governor Whitmer just took office; she's allowed a month longer to get. So that pushed the budget, her budget information, back a month. So that delayed it a little bit. And you can agree or disagree. I'm just telling you where we're at. Her 
forty-five cent road uh, request, uh, gas tax, was a sticking point, and so that really did push things back a little bit. So, uh, will this uh, be a regular thing? I, I can't read into the future, but I don't think so. Okay, that's great, and that takes us right to the next question: How how do we fix the damn roads? Well, first of all, with all due respect, Tony, and I know you're the, the top cheese around here, I have stopped saying that phrase because I'm tired of hearing it. Good. Um, in the sense that, it, you know, I, I, first of all, I think people need to realize that the roads are being fixed. And, uh, and I say this with all respect. Our governor had a great campaign slogan that, that she took to victory. Mm-hmm. And I tip my hat to her. Sure. Uh, but... With the 2015 road plan, roads are already starting to get fixed. And anybody who's been driving around this summer, and I've driven all over the state, uh, there are orange barrels everywhere. So roads are getting fixed. It's not as if we're just sitting with, with our hands in our pockets. So roads are getting fixed. And uh, the, the question becomes, well, I'll answer it this way, and then we can maybe move to a, another angle of the question. But one of the things that I've learned about roads is that they are very, very complicated because what works in one part of the state, uh, it doesn't work in another because of uh, soil and all of that. What it takes to build a road, uh, it isn't an, it, it's just a simple, boom, do this and we're done. So um, we, I can go on and tell you about things that we've done, how we handled it in transportation and some of the, the bills that we, we've come up with and where we're moving. But this is a very, it isn't just here, throw money at it. Right, because people should know you're on the transportation committee as well. I'm chair. I'm yeah. chair of transportation. So uh, a quick story there. I get called into the speaker's office. You know, I've been uh, on the job about three weeks, and it's like, uh oh, I'm getting called in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he gave me my list of assignments: energy being one, education another, tax policy, and it says chair of transportation. And for a rare moment in my life, I was speechless. And I, I, and I, and this is a, uh, happened. I said, Mr. Speaker, I've never done this before. So my question to you is, do I do what you tell me or do I get to do what I want? Mm -hmm. And he said, Jack, this is your committee. And if I need something, I'll let you know. And to this date, I have not heard from the speaker to say, Jack, I need you to do this. So, uh, I went back to my office and said, man, we got to get smart fast. I got to get smart fast. And so we came up with uh, the idea and had to get permission from the speaker to alter the schedule. But we held 12 consecutive hearings specifically on how to build roads. We pushed everything else aside. And how do you, what's it take? How do we finance? How do we do this? And we did two uh, sessions a week, which is really unheard of. And we had to get permission to alter everybody's schedule to have two hearings a week. And it was amazing what we learned. And out of that has come 15 bills to, uh, I think, spend money smarter uh, and and make the money that we do have go farther. And and I can go on and on about the road situation if you want me to. Well, I just read this morning in the newspaper that we need $2 billion a year to fix our roads. Is that an accurate number? Or well, do you think we have enough money year by year to keep fixing the roads. Because I agree with you that the roads are getting fixed because everywhere I drive, there's some sort of construction going sure. on. And I could answer, I'm going to try and trim this up a little bit, so I, I might miss some something for somebody out there who's listening. But the governor says her 45 cents was going to raise $2.5 billion. 
And so that's become the, we got to have 2.5, we have to have 2.5. But if you look at the governor's plan, 600,000 of that, or 600 million of that comes out to 1.9. So realistically then, is it 1.9 that we need? The four options and plans that we've given the governor uh, that she's rejected uh, got it up to about one and a half billion a year extra on top of the 2015. So to answer your question, I think the amount of money, yes, is important. But everything that I, when I've talked to these road builders, the key to all of this is sustainability. How much are we going to get over the next X amount of years so that we can plan equipment, we can plan uh, crews? And uh, so I think it's, it's important. And the, with our 15 bills, uh, we've taken the, 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 the idea that, you know what, we need to spend that money smarter and make it go farther, which is what I think people want from their legislators anyway. And one of the keys to this is our plan, our, our bills, is that our highways, our M roads, our interstates, they need some work, you bet. But the worst roads in the state are our local roads across all 83 counties. And so we need and we are attempting to make give our locals more flexibility in how they can use the money they do get from the state and raise revenue on their own, which is something Michigan doesn't really allow them to do. And what you're talking about is a, a bill that would allow townships to vote in their own millage, correct? Or Yes and no. Okay. Uh, what, it, what we've discovered was that when people say, well, why are Ohio roads better? Why are Indiana roads better? We can discuss a lot of things, but one of the key things is every other state in the union allows their locals to raise revenue. Michigan is the most restrictive. The only way locals can raise money is through a millage or tax. So other states have various ways, but the, the two we focused on because we thought we could get these through uh, are a local gas tax, so a county. Manistee, Benzie, Grand Travers could say, okay, we want to, with a vote of the people, it's not just arbitrary. Okay, for a specific county, not a township. Correct. And we went, we're starting with, uh, with counties because of the fact, how do you uh, take these, let's say the, the gas money and decide whether it's this township or that city or that it, we do it at the bigger level because mm -hmm. it'll be easier to implement to start. How's that been received by the counties? Do, do they want that responsibility, or do they feel like you're trying to pass it off? Well, no. I think overall, when I I did uh, 20 town halls, I went across the state and told people what our plans were and what our thoughts were, and everybody's received them well. And the locals, when we talk about the 15 bills in total that we have, they're for all of it because we're giving the locals more opportunity. Now, when it comes to uh, the raising of revenues, our two bills are the gas tax, a local gas tax, or allow counties to raise their uh, registration fee a few bucks. Everybody's in has said, yeah. Now, some people said, well, we'll never get that passed here. And my reply is, that's okay, because there are 83 counties. Might not work in, you know, Wexford County. True. But Grand Travers might say, yeah, it'll work. Leelanau might say, yeah, one of those options will work. And others might say it won't. Uh, so right now, you have no options. So, it, yeah, it's basically, basically going to become fix your own damn roads. It's going to be... You need you need help paying for those roads. Right, right. 
a little rabbit trail down the transportation before we move on to energy. Okay. And something that is possibly creating a dividing line between a couple of counties in your service territory, but Ironman road closures. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a line between Leelanau County and Grand Traverse County. Do you have any opinion on that? Well, yes. Uh, I mean, I watched it as a uh, spectator, if you will, not physically standing there, but I saw it was happening. And, you know, I like to, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, on the plus side, I think that the Ironman uh, organizers said, hey, we'll do this on a Sunday morning when there's the fewest amount of people out there. Yep. Um, and I think that did were there maybe mistakes made or things could be done better? I say you bet. And, you know, in so many instances, uh, I think that you learn from the first year. Yeah. And, and I think overall it was a great experience and a good thing. Could they do things some differently? I, th- I think that the answer to that is yes. So let's give them another shot if it works. Uh, but you do have to follow the rules, and it sounds like maybe some of them got lost. But I think it was not done maliciously. It was done uh, in enthusiasm. So I, I, I agree with that, too. I, and it, it'll be interesting to see how it works in the yeah. in and, the next year because they are going to do it again. You know, and I'm not and, – uh, and, and I remember the VASA. They were crossing roads and in those early days, sure. and there were a lot of people not happy about it. But eventually, they were able to get their own closed track, and it's all great. So, think you know, it takes a little time. Mm-hmm. But they did it on a Sunday, not a Friday or a Saturday. Correct. So Correct. I give them I give them some props for that. You bet. Now let's move on to energy. Okay. Can you give us an update on what the energy committee is working on? Yes. Uh, right now, it's been interesting uh, as I uh, as, as I sit on the energy committee. Uh, as I learn and listen. And uh, the two things that we're really focused on right now as we move forward is, and I don't think this will surprise anybody, and even in transportation, this first topic is, is part of it, uh, is charging, uh, electric vehicle charging. Yep. And, I, and I'm learning because we have to have more hearings. But as I understand it, uh, right now, the only people who can really sell electricity are folks like Cherryland Electric or producers. Yep. And we're Con- saying... Consumers, DTE, yeah. municipalities. So uh, we're now saying, well, somebody wants to uh, charge for electricity to charge a car with a charging station. How do you do that legally? So I think that's an area that needs to be looked at, mm-hmm. which uh, I believe is coming up. And then uh, the other uh, that I, I've seen, and it's been an interesting discussion as we transition, is... Uh, Solar uh, and the personal area, mm-hmm. uh, consumer at their own home, uh, the rules and regulations that uh, are involved with that. Because, again, uh, much like the Iron Man, uh, it's a new thing. And so the rules and regulations kind of have to be adjusted as we move through. So those are the two big things, electric vehicle charging and then uh, where are we working with uh, with the, the uh, home solar? Yeah, is either one a priority or do I think you have those, other priorities? Uh, those are, are probably the biggest things we're heading mm-hmm. into. One of the things that uh, we've been doing uh, in energy is just having uh, different portions of the energy world come in and kind of explain to us how they work and where they're at. Uh, but uh, to jump to the uh, uh, electric vehicles, again, from a transportation standpoint, we uh, one of the things I hear is, you know, 
uh, about the gas tax or any type of fuel tax. You know, that we're going to electric vehicles. You're going to have to figure something new out. And the answer is yes. And that's one of the things uh, as transportation, not that we're going to come up with an exact answer, but we need to start learning. How does this work? How are the cars doing it? How do you, how do you charge uh by way of money, charge uh, for charging, and uh, those are all areas that we need to focus on. Yeah, on the solar side, are are you taking recommendations from the Michigan Public Service Commission? Are you getting outside input from utilities? How are you gathering that information to to look at this home solar and net metering and all that? Sure, the hearings that we've had so far. Um, and we haven't had them for a while because we're just kind of getting back into session, and then uh, there's been some holidays and things that have have thrown things out of whack. But uh, uh, we've had all sides in to kind of discuss, you know, uh, how does it work and where is it at, and uh, and, and moving forward that way is okay. to kind of have everybody in. Sure, sure. Um, looking back over your first year, what surprised you in the last 12 months? Um, Is there something you said, like, holy crap, I didn't sign up for this? You know, I, I guess, Tony, I'd say that there's two things. And one of them is, uh, I, I'm saying it because of today, it's fresh in my mind. The first thing I would say overall that when people ask me, well, what's your impression, is the pace. It is amazing how fast the pace is. And when you're in Lansing, you are, you know, half hour meeting here, you got to hustle there, you, you move here because you've got all these different groups that are in town, uh, whether it be an energy group or a, an insurance group or uh, the equine folks were in the other day. Uh, so you've got all these people coming in that want to meet with you. And then you also have to follow up on the legislation that you're working on, uh, that I'm working on, and meet with the people that are involved with that. And then you come back to district and you don't go home. On Thursday nights, I don't go home. I go back to district. And I spend, depending on the weekend, uh, like today, I was doing some coffee hours. Uh, I'm chatting with you tomorrow. I have another meeting I have to go to. So it depends on the day, but I'm, I'm, you're basically, I'm not crying, but you're working seven days a week. Sure. Uh, you try to find time for your family. And the other thing, Tony, I'd say to people that are listening right now, uh, because it is fresh in my mind, I'd throw this one at you. We're all passionate about whatever the topic is. You, you bet. Whatever it is. And what I'm trying to do is always listen. Because what I said in the campaign was, I might not agree with you, but I will listen to you. Because you may say something that makes me think. But if I just shut you off, that's wrong. So don't expect me to just agree with you after you talk to me. Because it might not happen. Sure. But I will listen. And so often people are so dug in yep. that they don't want to listen or they want to just tell you what they are thinking. And if you don't agree with them, you are wrong. No, we need to talk. And people talk about the animosity in politics. It's got to start at home, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, we might not agree. Maybe the budget isn't just the way you want it, but you know what? Let's talk. Because there's a budget every year. And uh, today I was just trying to tell some of these folks that are just so passionate. I don't necessarily agree with you, but I'm not here to, to disagree with you. Mm -hmm. I want to hear you out. So uh, I would just say from a political standpoint, nationally and locally, uh, everybody needs to just settle down yeah, I would, and listen to each other. I would agree with that. My wife and I have a, have a joke at home when we have an argument. 
uh, one of us will invariably say, if I agreed with you, we'd both be wrong. <laughs> and I think we have to realize that sometimes we can both be right to a certain degree yeah. and well, find, find that common ground. And that's well, the cliche everybody wants in politics is common ground. One of the things, realize that. when I was doing the t- road town halls and when I was knocking doors, going back to roads, because I think it's a good example of what you just said, is people would come to me and say, if we only had warranties, the roads would be better. If we only used uh, rubber in our roads, roads would be better. If we only would be better. And what I found is everybody had a nugget of truth, that item that they strongly held, and that became their righteousness. Problem is, it was only a nugget. It wasn't the whole truth. They weren't wrong. Mm -hmm. They just weren't completely right. And I think on so many fronts, especially when you get into the legislature, there's 110 viewpoints. There's not two. There's 110. And uh, that is true. Uh, Just even in the Republican caucus, there's... People, you know, we're Republicans, you bet, but uh, give us a Republican issue and everybody looks at it differently. Mm-hmm. It, 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 so everybody just needs to realize, don't be so angry at everybody, yep. especially me, because I'm lovable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you bet. What would be a couple of your toughest issues faced in the last 12 months? Um, I would say, and, and it goes on, because I'm really try. I really do want to be, uh, a person who listens. That's a tough issue because it isn't just today. Today it's fresh because I'm coming from some coffee hours. But I think that's a number one tough issue to deal with. And then number two, uh, it has been the roads. Uh, as chair of transportation to be put into that position, uh, which I was like, yeah, let's do this. I love getting mm-hmm. my hands dirty. Um, but that's been because I, I'm trying to, uh, again, people have preset ideas of what, and I did too. But after I heard all of this testimony, I realized, oh, man, there's a lot of things here that we don't realize and what it takes. So uh, trying to get people to understand that roads are complicated and the plans that we have really, it isn't just about the budget. It's about how we spend that money. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been tough. Um, So those are a couple of personal things. But I'm sure there's some votes ahead that uh, uh, I'll have to... uh, I'll probably take that somebody won't like. Yeah, as chair, as, the, as chair of the Transportation Committee, have you been had your arm twisted by the governor or anybody else in Lansing trying to move the direction of that committee? No. Um, you know, and there's another quick thing I'll throw in there, lobbyists. You know, everybody figures they're hiding in dark corners with capes up over their, mm-hmm. their face. Um, you know, there are people who represent an organization and... Uh, like maybe, say, an electric utility? Exactly. The Snowmobile Association has a lobbyist. The Catholic Church has a lobbyist. Everybody has a lobbyist. And what that means is they're a person who comes in and represents what we want. And as a representative, uh, I have to, you know, I can ask the electric co-op folks, what do they think on this issue? And vice versa. So, um, I, you know, I think that uh, nobody's twisted my arm. There's been people in asking me to, to, can you support this? And I'll say, after I learn more about it, I'll let you know. But I, I haven't committed one way or another to say, you're darn right, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you have to listen to all the sides before you, you, you make that decision. Sure. But no arm twisting. Good. Good. That's not- refreshing to hear. Yeah. Now, we've talked a lot about the last 12 months. What do you see in the 12 months ahead? What do you think uh, some of the issues you'll be working on, you know, obviously besides roads and energy, mm-hmm. 
uh, or in addition to those. Sure. Yeah. What's on the horizon in the next 12 months? What well, are some of those priorities? On a, well, on a statewide uh, thing that's going to be uh, moving through the House and then obviously the Senate is the expungement rules. Uh, that are moving through with the idea that if you're a person who has committed certain felonies that are, are a lower level, not murder or something like that, and you've served your time, you've done your, your penance, uh, the, and you've stayed clean, uh, we'd expunge your records to allow you to uh, uh, get jobs. Because a lot of people, if you have a felony, no matter what level of felony it is, you can't get that job. And I remember being on the, doing the morning show 15 years ago talking about this. People calling in and saying, man, I made a mistake when I was 21, and here I'm 40, and I can't get the job I want. So I think that's an important area that we're moving forward on uh, as a a state because I think there's there's truth to that. We ask our folks, hey, you've committed a crime. you got to do your time, jail and whatever. And then they do that, and they do it rightfully uh, and cleanly. We still, they still have something. At what point do we say, okay, we're going to take that off your record because you've kept your nose clean? And I think that it's a good thing to do. So that's coming forward. Um, uh, personally, I have some bills that uh, uh, I'm working on. There's the, uh, and this one's got a little controversy to it, but Onekama has a sand issue on their township park uh, that the Eagle, now formerly DEQ, uh, doesn't want to move. And I can get into that if you want. And another one that I think is important is we have five bills coming forward uh, that have school bus safety in mind. Uh, one of the things people don't really think about is when you talk school safety, the softest, softest target is the bus. And we've had is- issues across the state and in the 101st where the bus is out somewhere picking up kids and the bus has been cut off and someone has attempted to board that bus. Okay. And generally it's a parent issue. They want to get their kid uh, for whatever reason, but the bus driver is now stuck. So we're uh, saying if you try- board a bus, uh, it's more than just the misdemeanor. Uh, there's some felony issues there, especially if you come on with the idea of any bodily harm. Um, we want to bump that up because we don't want anybody getting on yeah. a bus unless they're supposed to be there. And then quickly, the other is uh, we're seeing more and more and more cars running the stop signs on buses. So in this one, I came up a few years ago. I think we've adjusted it slightly from the last attempt. But it would say, right now, the bus driver... Uh, has to be watching the kids, making sure everybody's crossing, and then if somebody runs the, the stop sign, they've got to be able to get the license plate number of that car. Well, good luck. It doesn't happen often. So what our bill would allow is if a school system wanted to do it, they could mount a camera that points back and forward uh, on that stop sign, and it's only running when it's, the sign is deployed. And if somebody runs the stop sign, there will be a photograph taken of that plate and then that, and this is the bigger part of it, is that would then be allowed for law enforcement to enforce and give a ticket. Um, right now, they can't use that photo that way. And I know some folks worry about privacy. I think that uh, this is a very narrow photo that would be taken. It's only take, used when someone runs the red light. But we somehow, and it's happening more and more, that's why we need to up this so that no kid gets run over. Exactly. Yep. You know, and, and I'm all about privacy, trust me. Great priority to take care of the Correct. kids. Correct. And what's sad is it's happening more and more and more. People, maybe it's the driving, texting, I don't know, I'm not going to, but they're telling me it's happening more and more, and our, our bus drivers just can't get the plate number, mm-hmm. and so law enforcement can't do anything about it, right. short, short of following the bus. 
Sure. One last question. Sure. You've made the transition over the last 12 months from being in the media mm -hmm. to being uh, questioned by the media. How has that gone, and have you lost any friends in the media because of that? Or, no, or what's I, it like on the other side of the mic? Well, um, it's, uh, it's interesting because I, I have to say, if I have a minute, I'll give you the full answer. Sure. I am, in many ways, saddened at my old my profession because I believe the mainstream media nationally uh, is not showing both sides. In old English law, there was a, it was called the fourth estate, and the fourth estate was the free press. Sure. And the free press's job is to watch over the other three legislative branches and report fairly and honestly. And I don't believe our national media has done that. Now, with that said, I can tell you that I read some reports this summer about the budget negotiations where we were that I know were wrong, but they still got reported. And I had a gentleman write an article about something that I said that he wasn't even in the room. He heard it secondhand from somebody else and did not call to ask me to verify. Wow. Why do you think that is? Why would, why would a reporter do that when it's so easy to well, there's, give you an email or a phone call? I, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, there's the old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. So controversy is a good thing, okay. you know, and facts sometimes get in the way of a good story. And maybe laziness in this one particular journalist uh, that I'm talking about, I think it's laziness. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, but, so I guess what I would say is, Folks, be careful what you read, because I can tell you from this summer about things that were happening in Lansing, there were things that just weren't true. And I'd read them, and I'm like, where'd they get that? So with that said, I think overall, um, I still have a good relationship with our local press. Um, I think uh, they've been, been fair to me, and I appreciate all the coverage that they've given me. They can give me more. I'd happily <laughs> take it. Um, uh, and they're good. And, and we have a lot of young reporters because this is an, an area that is up-and-comers. So uh, I want to make their job as simple as I can because I understand where they're coming from. Uh, and even the, the Lansing press corps that's there. Um, so it's been interesting watching it from this side. I won't, sure. I won't fib. Um, uh, some things have been really good. I think that the, the downstate larger media, um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're sometimes sure. do their own thing, which I guess it's okay. What's the easiest way for anybody to get a hold of you and get a response back? <laughs> the, uh, the easiest way is repomalley.com. That will take you to all my social media, my, uh, my state web page. Okay. All, all no, no apostrophe, just no apostrophe. spell it out. RepOmalley.com. Rep That's really go, the people. easiest way. If you want to hear more from Jack, RepOmalley.com. Yep. Now we have a tradition on Co-op Energy Talk of ending the show with a fun fact. And I think Rachel clued oh, you in on that. Or did you, did you yeah, bring... Yeah, she did. You, um, you've given us a lot of facts over the last 30 minutes, but... Yeah, uh, some you, fun facts that... Uh, you know, about me personally, as okay, I think what it was. Fine. Isn't that what she said? Yep. Or it can be whatever you want it to be. Whatever you think is fun <laughs> and a fact. Um, I'll give you a couple. Okay. Now, some of these, I uh, say, I think people who uh, listen to my morning show for all these years probably know this already, but well, a few people might not have mm -hmm. listened. Uh, my first car was a 65 Buick Skylark. I called it the Bondo Beauty. 
because it was a mess. But someday I want to get another Buick Skylark 65. Uh, nice. But I need to get a three-car garage because I don't want it sitting outside. Uh, I have the Detroit Tiger Old English D tattooed on my arm. There you go. Because I am a huge Tiger fan. And uh, I love cigars. Very good. Thank you very much. For my fun fact, it's always uh, I try to be co-op related. And I recently visited with a friend in uh, Alaska. She's the manager of the Alaska Village Cooperative. Wow. Her co-op serves 58 villages in the state of Alaska. And you can only get to one of those villages by road. The rest is either a boat or an airplane. So wow. they have a whole unique, different perspective on rural electricity than, would think. than we do in our six-county area. That's a place I want to go, Alaska. What a gorgeous spot. Everything I've seen, it's like, wow, I'd love to, love to see it. Yeah, it's, it's, it is beautiful but a whole different world from here. So, Jack, again, I want to thank you very much for You're taking welcome. time to be with us. Anytime. And, uh, I look forward to putting this out for all our members to hear very soon. Tony, thanks. Uh, Cherryland, you guys uh, do a great job, and I know you're very involved with the community and trying to do good things. So keep up the good work. I'm proud to be a, a Cherryland member. Great, and we're, we're proud to have you as, as a member. And to all the listeners out there, Rachel will be back. This is only temporary. <laughs> you did a good job. So, don't, don't be hard on yourself. Don't lower our rating from this one <laughs> podcast. Stay tuned for one more after this, at least. And thank you very much. You're welcome.